The cold from the chapel's stone floor seeped through Isabel's knees. Her every bone and muscle ached with it. T'was not the cold, however, that caused her to pause in her prayers. Once again she ran her eyes over the shrouded corpse surrounded by tall, flickering candles. When her gaze reached the corpse's belly, high and wide beneath the cloth, a small sigh escaped her. The body was, indeed, Lord Hume's. This need for reassurance was childish. Chastising herself for her lapse, Isabel returned to her prayers. She would fulfil this last duty to her husband. And then she would be free of him. When next she opened her eyes, it was to find the pinched face of the castle chaplain leaning over her. "'I must speak with you,' he said without apology. She nodded and held her breath until he straightened. Did the man never bathe? He smelled almost as bad as Hume. Whatever the priest had to tell her must be important. As her husband's confessor, he had reason to know Hume's soul was in need of every prayer. Still, she was reluctant to leave the servants to keep vigil without her. Despite the extra coin she gave them, they would cease their prayers the moment the door closed behind her. Hume had not been a well-loved lord. When she attempted to rise, her legs failed her, and the priest had to grasp her arm to keep her from falling. She let him lead her out of the tower that housed the castle's small chapel. As she stepped out into the bailey yard, a gush of wind cut through her cloak and gown. She waited, shivering, while Father Dunn fought the wind to close the heavy wooden door. As soon as he joined her in the yard, she asked, "'What is it, Father Dunn?' Father Dunn pulled his hood low over his face, took her arm, and started walking her toward the keep. "'Please, let us wait to speak until we are inside.' "'Of course.' The frozen ground crunched beneath their feet. Thinking of the blazing hearth in the hall, Isabel quickened her steps. Food would do her good as well. She'd missed the midday meal. As they went up the steps of the keep, she noticed two of them were cracked. She added the repair to the list in her head. The castle was hers now. No more begging Hume's permission to take care of what needed to be done. As she entered the hall, she saw their nearest neighbour warming his hands at the hearth. She gave Father Dunn a sharp look. The priest was sorely mistaken if he thought the arrival of Bartholomew Graham was good cause to draw her from her vigil. Isabel! It set her teeth on edge to hear Graham address her by her Christian name, despite her repeated requests that he not. My most sincere regrets at Lord Hume's passing, Graham said as he rushed toward her, arms extended. She offered her hand to prevent his coming closer. Fixing fine grey eyes on her, he pressed his lips to it. He lingered unnecessarily, as he always did. She should not have been shocked when Graham pursued her during her marriage. After all, he'd been a liar and a cheat as a boy. But how he could still not know his good looks and easy charm were lost on her, that was a mystery. "'Thank you for your concern, but I must speak with Father Dunn now,' she said tugging her hand from Graham's grip. 
She clenched her jaw to keep from snapping at him. Usually she handled Graham's attentions with more grace, but she was tired and her patience short. The last days of Hume's illness had not been easy. "'If you wish to wait,' she made herself say, "'I will have some refreshment brought.' Father Dunn cleared his throat. "'Forgive me, Lady Hume, but I must ask that he join us.' Her face must have shown her irritation, for Father Dunn hastened to add, "'I have good cause, as you shall see.' She could not very well argue with the castle chaplain in front of the servants in the hall. Biting back her temper, she turned and led the two men up the circular stairs to the family's private rooms on the floor above. She added, replacing the castle chaplain to her list. Once they were in the privacy of the family solar, she did not bother to keep the shop.